0: Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Sonia Luna, CEO and founder of Aviva Spectrum, an internal audit and compliance consulting firm headquartered in sunny Los Angeles, California. I'm also a well-known speaker on topics like COSO 2013, SOX 404, quality assessment reviews, internal auditing, and related topics. Today's interview is with Manny Rosenfeld. Manny is a Senior Vice President of Internal Audit at MoneyGram International. He has had the privilege of serving for Fortune 500 industrial companies and a leading global financial services organization during his, yes, this is very impressive, 34-year career. That's wonderful, Manny. Manny has uh, served as a VP of Internal Audit at Commercial Metals Company, TRW Automotive, and Navistar Corporation. He also had an extensive career with Alcoa and led audit functions in Spain, Brazil, Great Britain, Italy, and China. He serves on the board of the Dallas Chapter of the Internal Auditors Institute of Internal Auditors, where he leads the Chief Audit Executive Programs. Manny is a certified internal auditor and has a certification in risk management assurance. He also achieved a very prestigious Lean Six Sigma Black Belt designation. Manny is the author of several publications including his latest book due out early this year in August on Amazon.com entitled People-Centric Skills interpersonal and communication skills for auditors and business professionals welcome Manny
1: Thank you Sonia great to be with you and with your audience
0: well uh, we are really excited to have you as a guest again um, the last time we had you on it was talking about that best of breed tools and and uh, what we could do in terms of our just our profession taking it from good to great. We got a, a great response from our listeners, and we wanted to have you back on the show to talk about uh, this new book. So can you tell our listeners the main highlights they can expect out of your new book, not to mention what was your inspiration for writing it?
1: Sure, Sonia. My co-author, Danny Goldberg, and I have felt for a long time that to really succeed, auditors need much more than just technical skills. Good technical skills get you in the door, but to be an effective auditor or to be an effective professional, you need to master interpersonal communication and other soft skills. Uh, We coined the term people-centric skills as a catch-all for all those other soft skills, and we abbreviated this as uh, PC skills. So, in general, auditors get a great deal of very formal training on technical skills. They get accounting, business degrees, professional certifications. Continuing education usually focus on technical skills. However, they hardly ever get people-centric skills training. And these PC skills are usually developed over a long period of time and usually through very painful interactions. and now Sometimes these interactions are, are so painful that the auditor has to leave the organization. And usually when an auditor fails, it's usually a failure of interpersonal and communication skills, not a failure of technical skills. So our book is meant to raise awareness on these critical PC skills, provide guidance and suggestions for improving these skills, And in essence, it is meant to shorten the time for auditors and other business professionals to get fully effective. And also, as I'm sure you know, the IIA has recognized non-technical skills as essential to success.
0: Yeah, I was uh, at a, it's called the Institute of Internal Auditors Leadership Academy uh, a few months back, and I heard Richard Chambers, who is the CEO of the IIA, And he was hitting the exact same uh, items you were talking about right now, which is this this people-centric skills that universities do a great job on the technical side, no doubt. Uh, You know, how to calculate audit risk, what are things to consider, et cetera. But the uh, people-centric skills you – um, really need that's It's a lifelong. It's not even a, an end destination. It's almost like a lifelong journey. Right. And depending on your coach and or your also your support system in work and in life kind of takes you to this path where you're going to develop and hone in on those people centric skills. But it's something that is it, it's more of an art rather than an exact science to obtain them. But it is very critical, and, and, and Richard Chambers definitely mentioned that in one of his keynote uh, speeches during the the Leadership Academy. And he actually wanted to come up with a, a, a designation for leadership uh, type of certification for chief audit executives. And this is actually something in the works of the IIA, and they're saying, well, what does that mean, you know? And one of those issues is, well, there's technical, stuff But what about those people skills and leadership skills that are softer skills and obviously harder to measure if they come up with a certification program, uh, which is like an IAA leadership uh, certification, to say this individual has the business acumen, the technical acumen, but also those soft skills um, to lead an internal audit department, and that was one of the goals he was mentioning uh, for the IAA. Mm, That's interesting. I know. It's great going to these leadership academies because you kind of get the the latest of what the IAA is thinking about or what the future holds. And speaking of the future, (laughs) I know you've seen a lot of changes in your 34-year career, which is an awesome uh, uh, accomplishment being in this profession. How do you envision organizations will approach this latest change, it's very hot now in the marketplace being talked about, um, which is the 2013 COSO framework.
1: Uh, sure, Sonia. I, I remember when COSO first was coming out early in my career, but uh, a lot of changes. Well, you know, as you know, U.S. companies uh, use COSO as their main internal control framework, and especially for the SOX compliance programs. The new COSO uh, framework, the 2013 one, lays out 17 principles that were really key concepts implied in the 1992 framework. So they're not new, they're just codified differently. And each of the new principles has points of focus that are possible examples for how management can decide if the principle is in place and functioning appropriately. at my company, we took the existing controls and we matched those controls to the 17 principles using using those, uh, those points of focus to see if we really comply with the 17 principles. Uh, we concluded that we already met the 17 principles. There were a few controls that we were doing but not documenting them for SOX purposes or including them in the annual SOX testing. So we needed to actually embed those controls as part of our SOX framework. And so we needed to update our SOX controls a bit. We also needed to reword some controls to align them closer to the language used by the principals. I would say all in all, not too painful for us, but I'm very glad we started early. And I think most organizations may need to go through a similar gap analysis between their existing controls on the 17 principles.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to see some rumblings as well in the marketplace about, um, you know, matching what they already have to the points of focus. And obviously it's a principles-based approach. Um, but more importantly, it's dealing with multi-locations. How deep do they want to take this matching um, set of controls? And some of them are calling it a mapping process. However, That being said, even though it is an exercise and they're going through it, um, most are seeing value in revisiting the framework because a lot of the the directors who have taken over, let's say, an internal audit department, inherited certain work papers or they inherited certain templates. And instead of shaking things up, they said, look, this worked, this got the external auditors happy. Um, I'm not about to, to... redo everything, I'm going to go with the status quo. Now that this new framework is in, this has given the um, chief audit executives almost a a good uh, review, if you will, of those core concepts that were part of the framework and it allows them at least maybe a little bit of budget to work with the audit committee and say, okay, I'm really glad I was able to refresh my mapping process of what we actually are doing from both, it could be a compliance uh, objective, it could be you know, a uh, financial reporting objective, whatever it is they're using the, the COSO framework, but it gave them some breathing room to actually flex their muscles, if you will, to update things um, because both the external auditors and the audit committee uh, members realize that if they're not transitioning this year for whatever reason, they're going to have to do it sometime in the near future. Now the question is, well, time needs to be spent. Let's make sure we're spending it well. And it gives a what I'm seeing in the marketplace, it gives a lot of breathing room for chief audit executives to kind of flex a little bit and review some of their core work papers that they were leveraging and, and, and communicating that to the audit committee.
1: Yeah, makes sense. Good it's a good time to reevaluate it.
0: Yeah, and and that, there's no time like the present, that's what I think. <laughs> so. Right. Um, I, I understood, switching gears to the book, I understood that you took a different approach than a usual business textbook, okay, to get to this book. Now, can you tell our listeners about that journey?
1: Sure. What, we decided we didn't really want to write another boring textbook, you know, with a traditional scholarly multiple points needed to learn a skill, and you know, those books tend to sit on bookshelves and often on red, so what we wanted to do is to write a story about a fictional audit department that was a good shop, but the chief audit executive, Matt, wanted it to be best class. And the audit team is part of a progressive large global company called Multicrown, headquartered in Chicago, and having five large divisions. Uh, it's, in essence, a story with characters and real personalities. They argue, they make up, they work together, Together, they get in trouble, they flirt, they learn, they improve. And so it's it's a, something, that, it's a story that people can relate to. Uh, Matt, the chief audit executive, executive in the story, recognized that their biggest challenges were interpersonal and communications in nature. Mm-hmm. He decided to bring in an outside PC skills consultant, Dalton, to shadow various audit teams and struggling auditors. And Dalton provided real-time advice on improving the PC skills and helping resolve their interpersonal challenges. So in essence, the reader learns at the same time as the characters. And each chapter is very easy to digest. Each chapter has a unique, realistic scenario and specific skills are highlighted in each chapter. And then at the end of each chapter, we did a little bit of the textbook stuff. We summarized the PC skills that were covered in the chapter as part of the interaction of the characters, and this summary also serves as future guide for the readers.
0: That's that's great, I mean, you've captured, the storytelling side, it sounds like, and then obviously some of the traditional textbook expectations that a reader might want to find uh, in a book to, to hone in on their skills, their, their people-centric skills. So it sounds like, obviously, when the book comes out, it's going to be more of an, an easier read, uh, an entertaininger <laughs> read right. than your traditional textbooks, which is great. Um, Can you give us an example of, of like, let's say a scenario you wrote about that you feel very passionate about?
1: Sure. So we have one chapter where a division president, Tom, has been very aggressively attacking the audit team doing their work in in one of their Alabama facilities. And he's not only resisting their observations, but also belittling the team, trying to destroy the credibility, and I'm sure... Many in the audience can relate to this scenario. It happens with some difficult auditees. And Tom had been the head of a small manufacturing unit where he, where he personally was involved in everything. So he did not really like to rely on processes and controls. He was in place to make the decisions. Mm-hmm. However, he got promoted to head of an entire division. And his style of management, while might have worked in a small unit, did not work in a, in a full division. So he really needed good processes and controls. His business that division's business was failing, product quality was dropping, the operations were in chaos, they were losing money and market share. And so given his views on controls and repeatable processes, Tom had had a, a history of arguments arguments with the auditors and now that his division was not doing well he was very very sensitive about what he perceived as their meddling and what he saw as costly bureaucracy at a time when he wanted to cut cost Mm -hmm. so when the Alabama audit blows up the audit vice president Matt heads to Mobile with his PC consultant Dalton to manage this conflict with Tom And the goal really was to get the relationship to the point where the audit team could continue their work in a professional environment. So Dalton and Matt, before they headed down, met with the audit manager. They analyzed what led to the conflict and came up with possible strategies and an approach to resolving the conflict. So they're down in Mobile. They meet with Tom, and the fireworks begin. Tom goes through on a on the attack immediately. And Matt and one of his managers, they proceed in a pretty systematic fashion to move through their conflict resolution strategy, with Dalton facilitating this difficult interaction. And you know, I, I don't want to go through the whole thing. And there there are no group hugs at the end. But they all move to a more constructive and professional place, which is really where you want to get to. Uh You don't go from having a conflict to being best friends in one shot. You kind of move along a spectrum. So as a follow-up, the audit team eventually uncovers a massive fraud in the spare parts inventory, and Tom realized too late that the lack of controls really contributed to it. Later in the book, in another chapter, it comes out that the CEO asks Tom to retire early and they hire a new divisional president. Mm
0: -hmm. No, I like I like this that last comment about um, you know it's re- relationships go through a spectrum sometimes and you're right I mean if you're dealing with a difficult person uh, it's not like the movies where everything has a happy ending you're, you you want to get to a professional state of mind where it's less about personal issues and more about the company objective like what we're here at work getting paid to do a particular job or to to do a function to meet a certain objective. And, And let's get our personal stuff out of the way to meet that objective. And you still may not like or agree with a person's view or their style, but you have to get to a professional state of mind and process to meet those main goals and objectives that the company has has paid you to achieve um, and, I, and I like the fact that you didn't put a, a, a rosy picture where everybody's hugging and having beers at the end at the local bar <laughs> because they, <laughs> they smoothed out all their differences. Um, now, I wanted to get into something that I know our listeners, our listeners really would want to know, um, which, which is kind of a preview for them to want to wanna definitely buy the book. Um, what are the people-centric skills you highlighted in your book?
1: Sure. Well, we just mentioned the conflict resolution chapter. Uh, We also have a chapter on team dynamics, how to form and lead a team, in this case a team to develop a new operational audit discipline. Uh, How do you brainstorm ideas in a group setting and then narrow the list to the critical few, something that's very important as part of risk assessment and setting the audit plan. Uh, how to un- How to understand the corporate culture and various subcultures? A lot of people join a company and they really there's really a mismatch between their old culture and the new culture, and they stumble. So this chapter helps identify helps the reader identify what are the cultural aspects of the new company. Um, developing effective list, effective listening skills and active listening skills, very critical. How to read, how to begin to read nonverbal communication, and understand gesture cl- clusters. Gesture clusters, hard to mm-hmm. say. And this is just the beginning. This is this could be the subject of an entire book. Uh, how to coach a new manager, the importance of delegation, management style when you have a highly skilled and self-motivated employees. How to mentor a new audit leader. Uh, how to establish constructive relationships with a brand new divisional precedent. uh, And uh, we're actually already envisioning a possible follow-up book with even more advanced people-centric skills, such as handling interactions across different cultures. Of course, that will depend on how many people buy the first book, (laughs) but we're hoping.
0: Well it we'll see how yeah, it's kind of a wait and see, but I like the, the the list that you're sharing with us. Um in particular kind of like the team dynamics and then the um coaching of, of that management team underneath the, the chief audit executive. Uh that's something that I remember at the leadership conference um that the IIA has that was a, a, a theme, um, because I lead the, the Chief Audit Executive Program here in Los Angeles for the IAA, that that theme of, okay, there's certain Chief Audit Executives getting together, and they're telling us, you know, our senior managers, the people right below us, need their network, and the best, best in class and, and other different chapters were doing something similar, which is some type of networking or peer group or communication, if you will, to coach them because they need motivation and they need uh... someone to bounce off ideas and, and maybe it's not their boss per se but just a, a peer you know and also you know at some point they may want to move up a notch and be their own chief audit executive so talking to a network um, in terms of, of how their other peers are doing it in terms of interviewing for positions or trying to find positions or trying to figure out when is the move a move the right move um, you know it, it's something that it it does take uh, a lot of people-centric type skills to make that determination and work with your peer group. And I I know that there's definitely a need, especially that you've highlighted in in your book, because, you know, you want to motivate your right team players. Um, And one measure of success, I think, is if you're a great chief audit executive, you can actually, under your leadership, have created a few chief audit executives under your your department, you know, they left your department, but they became great leaders other, in other places. That's that's a testament of your own leadership skills. I mean, it's sad that you'll you'll lose a person, huh. but it's also, I think, rewarding to see that someone flourish because you know you you had that ability to coach them into other areas.
1: I mean, ultimately, the legacy you leave behind is uh, great leaders, so that's always worthwhile to uh, to help others gain their the right
0: skills absolutely well this has been a wonderful and insightful interview manny and and just as a reminder to our listeners you can find manny's new book entitled people centric skills interpersonal communication for auditors and business professionals on amazon.com again thank you manny for being with us
1: thank you sonia thank you to your audience
0: All right, this is Sonia Luna, CEO and founder of Avia Spectrum, signing off.